What is the spiritual space required for an authentic love of neighbor? Christian Becolet and myself reflect on this question in this week's episode of A Little Wayward Podcast. Hi, welcome to A Little Wayward Podcast coming out of St. Therese Institute of Faith and Mission. My name is Nick. I'm Christian. Oh, hi, Christian. How are you doing today? Very well. Good, good. Yeah. You've been on the show before, right, Christian? Yeah, a couple times. We talked about board games and a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I remember those discussions. So yeah. for those tuning in today, um, we're going to be continuing in uh, what we started a few weeks ago. We interviewed uh, Rebecca Scubin about mm -hmm. her ISP process. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought it would be good to bring Christian on the show to talk about his ISP process that he did in his second year. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are tuning in with us for the first time, um, the ISP process is an independent study project that um, the second years do um, and complete at the end of their second year. Yeah. It's a giant study project, about 20 pages long, and it's yeah. on a topic that they want to um, explore mm -hmm. and apply into their spiritual lives in some way. Mm -hmm. um, so what did you do your uh, ISP on last year, Christian? Uh, I did my ISP on detachment. That was the basic premise, was detachment. Kind of the tagline that I put on that was uh, detachment as a path for inner freedom to enter into communion with somebody else. Oh, okay. Uh, ultimately with God. <laughs> <laughs> so detachment as a path of inner freedom for communion. Gotcha. And um, if you mind me asking, uh, what kind of made you consider that topic? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. The whole process for writing an ISP, uh, an independent study project, uh, begins <laughs> with discerning and deciding what you want to actually research and do. Um, there was a few different things I was thinking about doing. I was thinking about uh, one, one particular topic that really interested me was on the topic of liturgy and ritual, uh, specifically in regular everyday life. Um, so I was thinking about writing about uh, the liturgy of the kitchen and just like hmm. uh, how the family gathers around the meal uh, and how that's related to ritual and religion in some way. Uh, so there's a few things that really excited me. This one, this, this particular topic of detachment came pretty late. Uh, and I think it just came out of uh, the interior state I was in at the time when I was discerning uh, what to write about. It came from personal experience and, and ultimately it came from what I felt the Holy Spirit was pressing in my heart uh, as something very personal to research and, and get into. So it was very much an interior journey. Um, so for me, I think it, it came uh, just from experience of like considering relationships that I have uh, of, of any type, you know, with, with family, with friends, anything, um, how my clinging to them as like, mm. I need you, <laughs> was blocking me from entering into real communion with that person um, or those people in general, uh, and even extended uh, a little bit towards God as well. Um, and from there, I kind of went broad and just like, it was like, okay, detachment everywhere. And then brought it back into communion uh, with people. And you kind of see that in the ISP that I, that I wrote as well. It, it kind of, I approach it from a broad perspective and then I focus in on, on communion of persons. 
I see. So when you actually like, I when you were speaking, I couldn't help but or think of your title, because yeah. um, the title you have here is the empty embrace, yeah. which is a fairly relational term. Yeah. Um, the path of inner freedom for communion. Mm -hmm. So um, I can kind of see that personal pursuit really influenced um, the first thing someone sees yeah. when they actually open yeah, up their totally. ISP. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that was, I, I debated the, the title for a long time, and I tried to think of so many different things. I have this, this problem, <laughs> I think it's a problem, I don't know, maybe it's an opportunity. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, <clears throat> whenever I go to name something, I always have to make it clever, or I have to make it at least deep, you know, in some way. And so I came up with the empty embrace, and I was like, oh, is that good enough? I don't know, maybe I should make it clever. And I thought about 15 other puns that I can make in relation, and I was like, Maybe that's a little too lighthearted for what I'm actually talking about. So <laughs> I kept it the empty embrace, which is the embrace is like that that relational thing of like it, it's kind of a it's kind of a paradox, uh, which is what I feel detachment is in a lot of ways. There's a hmm. paradox that comes with it. So it's embracing emptiness. So it's like this you're 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 clinging on to nothing, <laughs> you know, you're clinging on to your nothingness. But not, clinging is not a good word for that. Um, you're embracing, which is why I chose embrace. Um, hmm. It's loving your emptiness. Um, yeah, so uh, that's kind of why I kept it. It, it, it. I thought it was kind of thought-provoking and gives you an idea of maybe <laughs> what I was going through when I was studying it. You know, mm -hmm. this this idea of like, okay, we're embracing something uh, that's that is, we're embracing this idea of letting go. <laughs> hmm. So. Yeah, that's kind of, it's fairly paradoxical. Embracing, letting go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm even thinking about it literally. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you note that because the whole topic of your ISP is kind of detachment so as for communion. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you struggled over the title <laughs> because it's like I was clinging to a sense of being punny or uh, yeah. something like that. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't know that before. Yeah. Um, but in regards to your ISP, um, if you were to meet someone on the street and they were asking you, oh, what is this independent study project you did? How, how would you kind of describe the overall flow of your ISP to them? Um, you mm. know, and, and say, say a succinct little paragraph. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, this is, <laughs> I, I was looking at my ISP before and I just made my own outline, uh, which is uh, part of the process of creating the ISP as well. Uh, I have three movements in, in my research paper, uh, three kind of three main sections that I talk about, and each of those sections has a few uh, specific points. Um, the first section, uh, I talk about, just refer to my notes here, <laughs> the basis of detachment. Uh, so basically just like looking at what detachment is in general um, and an idea of it, and within that I talk about attachments and what attachments are uh, and how they affect us. I talk about uh, poverty of spirit, which I think ties in uh, very much to this idea of detachment and what poverty of spirit and what it means to be poor in spirit. And then I talk about uh, having indifference, uh, mm. and that was a rather big part of my ISP as well, and we'll probably get into that later, what indifference is. Uh, so that's kind of the first section is what is the basis of detachment in general. The second section uh, that I worked on was the movement of detachment and how we actually begin to achieve detachment. Mm. Um, and there was three main points that I had in that section as well. The first one being um, uh, to be detached, uh, <laughs> we're also working towards attaching ourselves to God mm. and to God's will uh, for our lives. Uh, 
Uh, and so it's not just this thing of letting go, but it's also a thing of like a movement towards something uh, and towards God. Uh, I talk about just some practical aspects of detachment. Um, what, you know, what we can do to work towards uh, detachment and very tangible things. Uh, and I think that's something that I, I just always really like uh, whenever somebody's trying to explain something to me. It's like, okay, well, how do I do that, you know? Mm. So I kind of get into yeah. that a little bit. Um, and then the third aspect uh, of that middle section, I talk about having a motivation for that detachment in the first place. Why do we do this? Um, and, and a very real aspect of that is that it's hard. <laughs> and so I really get into that. Uh, it, there's, a, there's a cross involved with this process of detachment. And the motivation is love. And that's the mm -hmm. only reason we would take up a cross mm -hmm. uh, is out of love. Um, and so it kind of gets heavy in that middle section. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, but wait. <laughs> there's more. There's a reason why we do this in the first place. And the reason is for freedom. And that's the whole third mm. section of my ISP is freedom. And I talk about different aspects of freedom. Freedom for joy. Freedom from uh, tensions and conflict. And uh, a freedom to enter into communion with somebody else. So yeah, and that's kind of the movement. <laughs> that's the well. That that was that was pretty good. Oh, thank you. Um, you're you're welcome. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned the last section being freedom, because mm. when we hear the word detachment, we don't always think freedom, yeah. or at least we don't at least feel that association. Yeah. Because as soon as we say we have to be detached from something, we often think of something directly in our lives that it's like, no, I don't want to let go of that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like golems, my precious, you know, <laughs> that that kind yeah. of thing. Um, so I'm interested to see where you're gonna where you're gonna take us on that one. Um, okay, so let's talk about the basis of detachment, which I guess you've already alluded to is clarifying um, almost its opposite mm -hmm. of uh, what is attachment. Yeah. So what would you say um, is attachment and uh, its general characteristics? Mm -hmm. uh, I heard uh, I heard a speaker once uh, give an example that really stuck with me, and that was actually kind of the springboard for reflecting on this. Um, they were talking about our spiritual life and how uh, how often we approach God uh, as an orphan, and an orphan in the sense of somebody that has been abandoned and they have to take care of themselves. Hmm. Um, we approach God in this orphan mentality of grasping. It's like, I, I take, you know, because I need. And I think that's kind of my understanding of what an attachment is. It's, it's me trying to be self-reliant. It's me trying to mm. fulfill things for myself. This is what I need. I know I need this. I'm going to take it for myself. I'm going to hold on to it because if I don't and I lose it, then I'm not going to be provided for. Mm. Um, I mean, you could think of attachments as any sort of thing, like our addictions, uh, our vices. Uh, we can be attached to our sins. We can be attached whatever, you know. Um, to, to even physical uh, possession of things, you know, attached to our, our possessions. Um, ultimately, this idea of attachment is self-sufficiency. Uh, and I think that's kind of what I lay out in that first section. Um, and so it's important to understand that in order that we can begin to let go of these things is to understand that we're holding on in the first place. Uh, I, th I use one example in my, in my uh, paper here of we tend to hold on to things with a white-knuckled will, you know. Mm. Uh, but the process of detachment is, is beginning with just letting go. Mm. Okay. And um, 
I think you're right to identify um, attachment as kind of stemming from the self-reliance, the yeah. self-sufficiency. Yeah. Um, of course, someone might actually raise the point of what's wrong with being self-sufficient, hmm. you know? And I, I think that your ISP kind of steps forward into answering that. Hmm. Um, but why, uh, I guess uh, the question that comes here is uh, one regarding poverty of spirit that you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll talk about. Um, why, why is it important for that first step hmm. of letting go? Hmm. Um, is there is it correlating some deeper deeper truth about ourselves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think going into poverty of spirit uh, kind of answers that, um, and this is this is kind of why uh, I, I move directly from attachments into poverty of spirit. Um, and just an understanding of what poverty of spirit is. When I was when I was writing this paper and doing the research, poverty of spirit was something that was coming up a lot in the the spiritual readings that I was going through at the time, and it just came up a lot in prayer. Um, basically, uh, really simply put, poverty of spirit is is recognizing who we are <laughs> in the face of God. Mm. Um, it's been described as the double abyss. Uh, and that was a huge theme. Uh, you might remember that from my first year. Uh, I talked a lot about the double abyss and reflected on that a lot. The double abyss basically being the abyss of God, which is everything, uh, who is everything, who is, who is love in its fullest sense. Um, and then the abyss of me, <laughs> which is nothing. <laughs> you know. And there's a chasm that spans between the two. Poverty of spirit in my in my heart and in my understanding is to be okay with that <laughs> you know just to recognize that this is a fact to recognize that i am little before god i am uh like everything i have is purely gift uh even my own life um and i think uh, i talk a little bit about poverty spirit of just like how uh how it's it's not actually that difficult <laughs> of a concept to, to grasp and a concept to live out uh, because it's natural for us to be poor. <laughs> you know, mm. that, that is our state in life is that we are poor before God who gives us everything. Um, so I would say like moving from attachments into poverty of spirit is simply just recognizing uh, that, you know, I, I am nothing, I have nothing, you know, and everything that I have, I can possess it and I could attempt to possess it, but those things that I'm possessing, they've been given to me, you know? Like even if, I, if I'm feeling like I'm taking it for myself on a, on a deeper spiritual level, uh, even those things are gifts. Um, and so entering into poverty of spirit is basically moving from the orphan into the child. Hmm. And so instead of being this orphan that grasps from God, I become a child that trusts in the Father that can give me these things, mm -hmm. um, which is a receptive uh, mode before God, mm -hmm. uh, a mode of openness. Yeah, that's good. In fact, um, what you're saying kind of reminds me of, um, uh, there was a researcher named Christian Smith who works out of mm. Notre Dame uh, in Indiana. As okay. Not Notre Dame, it's Notre Dame, Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, by uh, the Indiana standards. Okay. Um, he uh, was a sociologist who actually did uh, a, P a famous Pew study, kind of mm. studying um, the, uh, the presence in the pews of young people in America okay. and stuff. Yeah. But he also did a study on personality. Mm. Um, and he talked about how we have a tendency in our modern, eth or our modern myth, if you will, 
that mm. man has to be completely self-sufficient, that this is his mm. first status, and that's what he needs for his self-activation, mm. if you will. But he actually noted that this is actually, uh, that it's actually dependence that mm. is the first stance of a person. For mm. example, a baby yeah. comes forth into the world yeah. um, naked, alone, mm -hmm. and thus it is dependent upon parents for its upbringing, its survival and such. So dependence is actually um, almost the first fact. Yeah of human existence. Yeah. And so what you would be suggesting here is that attachment is an attempt to um, secure for oneself mm -hmm. independent of dependence, if I can yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, that brings us to the next question of, um, you begin talking about how from poverty of spirit, we have to embrace a certain kind of indifference mm -hmm. with regards to the goods of this earth. Yeah. Um, so would you mind saying a few words on that? I would not mind <laughs> saying a few words on that. Uh, this is the section that I think um, maybe it's not expressed the most in my actual writing, uh, but I think it went the deepest into my own heart. Uh, talking about indifference, um, that could seem like a very negative thing uh, upon first glance. Mm -hmm. um, this idea of like, okay, in order to be, in order to be a child before God, uh, we have to be open and receptive, which which requires this level of indifference, you know, of, of not uh, not caring, but in in a very specific way about not caring. Mm, interesting. Um, it could seem like a negative thing, but it's really not. And, and the distinction I make with indifference is it's it's not it's not to not care, but it's to care very deeply but about the right thing. It's to care and to act. Basically, the indifference that I, that I pinpoint is having an indifference to the results of, of what we do and what we love. Um, and it has a lot to do with Gaudium et Spes 24, the sincere disinterested gift of self. Uh, that, that very much influenced uh, this, this part uh, as well. As well, the book we discussed in an earlier podcast, uh, The Love That Keeps Us Sane. It yes, talks, that's right. It talks about indifference in there. Um, so that was a huge, uh, a huge uh, resource I used in researching this. Basically, it's to say, you know, we, we need to let go uh, and we need to, to not care <laughs> about, about the results of what we do and the results of, of who we are, you know. Um, but we still care very deeply uh, about what we do uh, and and we still work to our best ability, um, you know, in, in serving and loving God and in knowing God um, and, and others too, you know. But yeah, indifference, being indifferent means that we uh, care <laughs> for no thing, I guess you could say. Hmm. It's not that we care about nothing. It's that we care not if we have it or don't have it uh, in a lot of ways that's that's being poor uh and in a lot of ways that's that's being open and receptive but it's not this passive thing <laughs> you know it's 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 kind of a weird active passivity mm, yeah uh, where we we're, we're it's not that we're sitting around doing nothing you know and just waiting for god to give us gifts like we uh i think of um i think of the what is it is it the dominicans that say hmm. um Maybe it's not Dominican. It might have been Augustine. Um, you can correct me. Uh, <laughs> pray as if everything depended on God. Work as 
as if everything depended on you. Yeah, that would be St. Ignatius of Loyola. Oh, St. Ignatius. Okay. <laughs> Struck out <laughs> well, twice. They all, they're all Catholic. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they all yeah. have a similar sentiment here and there. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, man, I should have known that. I'm studying Ignatius right now. That's fine. <laughs> I'm detached. It's all good. It's okay. <laughs> Poverty of spirit. Yeah. Poverty of spirit. Ah, I'm nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I think that that's kind of some of the notions of indifference that I get into. Um, the thing that really came from that uh, for me was that, okay, I have this responsibility to care very deeply about what I do and to care very deeply uh, about, you know, um, how I act, uh, which is a very responsible thing. Um, but it's to let go of the results of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think you're onto something really good there. And in fact, I wonder if an analogy might help as well. Mm. Um, I'm thinking something that's popping into my mind is, uh, for example, parents. Mm -hmm. You know, um, parents are called to care deeply about their children. Mm -hmm. um, and they're called to be present. They're supposed to be um, there and, and helping out, mm -hmm. you know, especially if, um, say, I have a toddler, she falls to the ground and she's crying. She's incapable of lifting herself up. Mm -hmm. I show up, I'm present, I care deeply. Mm -hmm. But then um, if I get over fixated on results, yeah. then I could become a helicopter parent. <laughs> I could yeah. become authoritarian. I could suddenly interject myself into every aspect of their lives, not recognizing that they have a free will, mm -hmm. especially as they grow older and such. Mm -hmm. um, and that in the process of as your child grows older, you actually have to let go more and more and more mm. and care about being present and available, mm -hmm. but um, to not be overly attached or care too, too much to mm -hmm. results. Mm -hmm. As in, you give the teaching to your child, you let the free will take over, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and uh, so there, I'd say maybe another way of phrasing it is we're indifferent as to the results. We don't put our salvation or self-worth in it, yeah. but we do care for results in as much as we should, hmm. you know? That in the end, it comes down to, have I done all that I responsibly and then do charity can. Yeah. And if that answer is yes, mm -hmm. then you let go mm. and let God take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. Would that be kind of a good way of thinking of it? Yeah, even, even as you're talking about it, uh, I'm just kind of framing it more in my mind of uh, understanding where I was approaching this from. Because it, it, I, I feel like I'm kind of moving away from you know, worldly possession and, and attachment in that way, and I'm starting to move towards attachment of relationship um, and so when I'm talking about this and what you're saying, uh, ultimately, again, it goes back to the disinterested gift of self. It's, it's to love without expecting to be loved in return. Mm. Um, because if, if we are loving <laughs> simply for the sake of like, I'm gonna get something out of this relationship, yeah. that's an attachment, uh, you know, mm. and, that, and that's grasping at something and, and holding on to it of, of like uh, out of a self-sufficiency and out of a need. Um, Catherine Doherty of Madonna House, uh, has a mandate, and one of the lines in her mandate is love, 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 never counting the cost. Uh, mm. And that was something I reflected on deeply last year. Uh, so that uh, so that influences this whole thought as well. It's 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 to love, without expecting love in return. Is is basically what to be indifferent is in this mm. in this case of what I'm talking about here. Yeah, it's not like a transaction at a bank mm -hmm. um, where it's like strings are attached with everything that they give you. It's like, yes, yeah. but you have to pay this off, yeah. you know? It's not as if uh, when we approach somebody, um, we invest and we're like, now I expect A, B, and C in return. Yeah. We have relationships like that, for example, in the business world and such, and that's sure. very appropriate there, you mm -hmm. know? 
but um, charity isn't transactional. Mm -hmm. It gives and it doesn't expect in return, although it certainly hopes for um, reception of the other into mm -hmm. um, the good, if mm -hmm. you will. Okay, so that's um, probably enough about the basis of detachment and stuff. Um, sure. I guess the question, of course, now is how to get there. Yeah. Um, how do we move deeper into detachment, which is your second section. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, yeah, at the beginning of this section, you talk about the who, the how, and the why yeah. of uh, this movement of detachment. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could say a few words on those. Yeah, I thought that was a good way to start this section, uh, to give you something tangible uh, of just a way of remembering, I suppose, even uh, what this movement of detachment is. So the who, the who of detachment uh, refers to uh, kind of, in a sense, the the end goal that we're that we're working towards. You know, we're we're letting go so that we can enter into a relationship with somebody, uh, mm. namely God. Uh, so that would what be what the who is about. The how is just the practical applications, um, and then the why is why would we want to embark on this in the first place? Mm -hmm. uh, the motivation for that. Um, I don't get too much into the who uh, in in the paper itself, uh, except. Just to just to state very simply that um, in the process of detachment and this indifference, and um, we're working towards attaching ourselves to God, you know, uh, in that dependence that we were talking about before, as, as being a receptive child before Him, uh, and that has a lot to do with being attached to God's will. Um, and it, this wasn't something I was expecting to write about, but in my research, when I was, whenever I was researching on this topic of detachment and, and indifference and all these different things, um, very specifically, the words God's will came up in almost everything that I was reading. Mm. And, and I wasn't expecting that as, at, at all. Um, and so there's this clear movement of, as, as we let go of our will, we can't just like leave it in this void. Um, but we're, we're moving towards God's will. Um, and it's very Ignatian, I suppose, in its principles. And you can hear that a lot in Ignatian discernment when you work through that. Um, it's a lot about letting go so I can let God. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of the first part that, uh, that I talk about there. Uh, this movement of detachment begins uh, with this process of letting go of my will and accepting God's will for my life. Mm -hmm. uh, from there, I move into just some practical aspects of... Um, material detachment um, and I mean we're body soul unity uh, and so anything anything in our lives um, that that is physical I think has a lot <laughs> you know influences our spiritual life in a mm -hmm. lot of ways too so so this yep. is practical aspect of, of detachment from from the worldly possessions um, I don't I don't quite just leave it there though uh, I in my research there there's kind of some spiritual elements to that too and like relational things there's, there's three main points um, of like active detachment that I talk about. And this kind of section, or this section kind of, um, it kind of <laughs> almost moves to the self-sufficiency side where it sounds like, hmm. oh, aren't you talking about self-sufficiency? Isn't this like what you can do to detach? And there's an aspect of yes, but no at the same time. And it, and it goes back to, okay, um, uh, pray as if everything depended on God, work as if everything depended on you. Mm -hmm. um, there's also an aspect of um, aestheticism. Uh, it sounds like it borders on aestheticism where it's this, you know, repression 
uh, of like a stoic mindset of like, okay, we have all these things, let's repress, repress, and like put down, put away the world because it's it's bad. That's not what I'm trying to say in this section either, you know. Uh, and there's a couple things that I affirm where it's to say, you know, um, the things of this world are good, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that we're letting go of attachments is so that we can enjoy them properly, you mm. know, uh, because the things mm -hmm. of this world were made for our pleasure. And that's what God wants us, you know, <laughs> that's how he wants us to engage in this world. Um, so, so the three, the three things I talk about, the three, the three, um, activities, I guess you could say of detachment. The first one, uh, I, I think I have to <laughs> just review this just so I don't get it wrong. <laughs> Yes, okay, so the first one is in choosing the more difficult option. Mm. Um, so if you're presented with two choices, um, the comfortable <laughs> option uh, is kind of, uh, is not going to be as helpful towards us as the difficult option, so choosing the more difficult option. And that could be something as simple as there's two chores presented before you. Um, for me, it's sweeping and dishes. I would much rather do dishes than sweep. And maybe that's because I'm just standing in the same spot and I don't have to move around and push chairs around or whatever. Um, also, maybe it's because I struggle a little bit with perfection and I feel this <laughs> sense of guilt if I don't move the chair out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have to like actually get into sweeping. Anyways, so one of, one of the practical ways that we can move towards this uh, self-mastery, I guess, and this, this dispossession of self uh, is in choosing a difficult option. Hmm. Uh, and it's just a simple way that we can work towards that. Uh, the second way is to limit our sensual pleasure, uh, and that's mm. that's very simply that's what fasting is, you know. And and there's so many people, or there's so many ways we can engage in that, um, and there's so many spiritual writings on that. And I I think as as a Catholic, you know, I've I've heard about that my whole life, um, but just basically pointing out and recognizing, it's it's a good principle, <laughs> you know. That's a good way of self mastery is is to limit your sensual pleasure. So, like I said in here, instead of eating two donuts, I just eat one, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just a fun way of saying, you know, it's not to say that these things are bad, uh, but we limit them uh, to recognize that they're a gift, you know? Mm -hmm. And the third way is to engage in a conscious opposition to your preference. Mm. Um, and that's hard to do, uh, but basically to say, you know, uh, it, it, it kind of relates to the first the first point I was making, but that's basically a, a very simple way of self mastery as well. To say, like for example, I give the example in the paper of there's a person that I would rather sit beside and a person that I would rather not sit beside. Mm -hmm. Sometimes making the decision to sit beside the person that I would rather not um, is a way of letting go of my attachments and my attractions. Um, uh, and that's just, yeah, another, another practical way that we can gauge in that um, self-mastery. Hmm. And I think a point that could be said at this point as well is um, someone might be thinking at this point, it's like, but why would I necessarily give up these good things? It's, it's fine to sit with someone where, you yeah. know, uh, I, I like talking to this person. Mm -hmm. And I think something that needs to be underlined is that it is good to talk to someone yeah. that you like. Yeah, There's exactly. nothing wrong with the liking of it. And yeah. um, detachment is not about destroying our likes mm -hmm. or even... Um, detachment is not about eliminating our pleasures. Mm -hmm. um, it's about uh, eliminating our clinging, yes. if you will. Um, the thing is, is that um, you use the word asceticism. 
-hmm. at one point. Um, there is a healthy asceticism, kind of like a, a healthy athleticism. Yeah. You know, for example, um, is it a problem to enjoy a beer as an athlete? Um, it's like, well, no, it's not necessarily a problem. But if it's right before game day, you give up the good of a beer mm -hmm. um, so as to not feel bloated for the race. Yeah. You know? So it's actually not, um, it's not denying the goodness of the beer. It's precisely the particular goodnesses of that beer that are not good for you at this particular moment. Yeah. You know? Or they're not allowing you to reach the perfection yeah. of being an athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is not about between good and evil. It's between good and a better good mm -hmm. in this situation. Yeah. Um, which is, a, is maybe a, a positive way of putting it. Yeah, it's a good clarification. Yeah. And uh, we do this in so many other areas of our lives. Um, we get a little prickly about this when it comes to the spiritual life. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think that that um, uh, could, be, could be examined in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, those are some very good aspects of an act of detachment, this cooperation with God mm -hmm. in, um, in purifying our minds and our hearts. Mm -hmm. um, the, the cooperation needs to be stressed, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, but then you get into a section on motivation, mm -hmm. and you answer rather surprisingly. You say the, the motivation is the cross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that, at first, doesn't seem all that intuitive. Yeah. So would you mind explaining <laughs> that a bit? <laughs> Rereading this. Um, I think out of all of my research paper, that'd be the part I would edit the most <laughs> because I think it is the most confusing. Uh, I don't think it's wrong. Uh, I don't think so either. It's just surprising it, it, in some surprising. ways. It's surprising, yeah. It's like, <laughs> the reason why you want to do this is because it's going to hurt. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, but it is a point that I wanted to make in the motivation um, is that... Uh, <laughs> I think St. Teresa of Avila says, it's hard to let go of ourselves because we love ourselves dearly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, She's got a particular way of getting to yeah. the core of it, doesn't she? Um, the cross is painful. Uh, and any time uh, that we're engaging in this, you know, in this act of detachment, really it is an embracement of, of the cross, you know, um, which is painful <laughs> and can be excruciating at times. Uh, Christopher West uh, would call it an ache, you know, um, but we're called to dwell in that ache. Uh, so basically, in that whole section, the main point that I want to make is that um, it is a cross. It is, it is something that is painful, and it, it will hurt, and it is an ache um, because it's a purification. Uh, you could think of a fire, you know, it's mm. likened to a fire, you know, things, things that are purified in a fire uh, are burned off, you know, it's the slough is burned off. And that's kind of what's happening in this, in this spiritual process. The slough of our lives is being burned off mm. and that hurts. And I, yeah. I think it's important to recognize that moving in. So why in the heck would I do it then if it hurts so much? Um, because love is stronger. Uh, love is greater, uh, and that that's kind of the tail end of that whole section, uh, and that that's the main motivation. Uh, that that's what uh, I say. The motivation is the cross, and by that, the only reason we would ever pick up the cross is because we love. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, lo love is the strongest force in the universe. I think, um, and it's the only thing powerful enough that would allow us to engage on this journey of detachment, allow us to engage uh, 
in this in this painful process so that we can enter more freely into a communion with somebody else. So that's basically what this section is about. Um, it's about love uh, and just recognizing that uh, that's why we embark on this journey. Yeah, and I, I think that the big clarifying point that came at the end of it was um, you grounded in the resurrection. Yeah. As well. Yeah, that's right. Because, um, yes, mm -hmm. uh, crosses that deeper expression of love. Yeah. Um, but that love doesn't just terminate in death, mm -hmm. um, which is what everyone's paying attention to when they think of the cross. Yeah, it's like, that exactly. was an agonizing death. Why on earth would that be motivating? Yeah. It's precisely what's on the other side. Yeah. Um, as in the path of the cross is to the resurrection. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the great paschal mystery, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, um, you have to view the cross in light of that final thing. Mm -hmm. If you don't, it becomes almost this cosmic sadism yeah. um, if you're not careful. <laughs> but um, you, that's something you brought out near the end. Yeah, and, um, right. and the words you actually used is that it brings us this, uh, this pain and this crucifixion leads to a joyousness and a flaming love. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, really, um, that was a really good way of putting it mm -hmm. um, because... Uh, Christ came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Mm -hmm. um, and the resurrection is precisely testifying to yeah. that. Which, of course, um, there's a natural segue from that motivation of the cross leading to the resurrection to your last section, which is freedom of detachment. Freedom. And you, there's a lot of freedom, apparently, that comes from this, right? You, you yeah. talk about a freedom for joy, a freedom of expectations, a freedom from tensions, um, a freedom to choose, and a freedom for communion, mm -hmm. just all sorts of freedoms. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, maybe kind of just focusing on that word freedom for a moment and maybe mm -hmm. particular consideration of these other things might be good. In what way does this detachment lead us to be free? Mm -hmm. St. Teresa of Avila said that he who is not possessed by anything possesses all. Something along those lines. I think I'm paraphrasing. Hmm. Basically... Um, yeah, this idea of freedom is is this idea that we can actually uh, actually engage in in the gifts that God wants to give us in a free way, which is which is to be open and receptive, um, and we can actually truly enjoy them without needing them, you know. Mm. Um, and that goes for people in particular, uh, relationship. You know, we can actually. We can actually love without needing, you know, the other person. <laughs> that's, the, that's a very simple way of, of putting it. Yeah, no, and I think I think it works. It, an analogy kind of presents itself in my mind. Um, when I was kind of looking over this section, I was just thinking, mm -hmm. because I was eating lunch over mm -hmm. actually rereading this section, and um, as I was contemplating your paper and contemplating my food, this, mm -hmm. this arose. Um, for example, say there's a feast that's coming. Mm -hmm. um, and like say I'm going to a wedding or something like that, and wedding feasts are always great. Mm -hmm. um, but, and uh, you know, like there's a lot of good food there, but if I go and fill up my stomach with a bunch of snack foods and stuff like that before even getting to the wedding, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be free to enjoy the banquet Yeah. Um, because I'm already full. I'm yeah. already, maybe my stomach's even slightly upset. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not particularly in a space that I can really enjoy mm -hmm. um, the stuff that's going to be present mm -hmm. as much as it would be good 
Whereas if I just say no or renounce in some ways these simple snacks and stuff like that and get rid of that bag of Doritos, get rid of that bag of Cheetos or whatever it was. Pringles in your case. Pringles in my case. <laughs> I have a love affair with Pringles. Um, you know, I'm actually more free because of that emptiness yeah. to actually enjoy the banquet. Yeah. Um, there's no burden in my stomach, literally, mm -hmm. as you will. So too with relationships. If there's no burdens of, um, uh, of experience, you know. For example, say a man's going to get married to a woman. If he had a really, really um, like a promiscuous lifestyle or something mm -hmm. like that, he's going to be bringing each of those memories in with him, mm -hmm. you know, into that. And that's something that he has to step into purification over. Yeah. But he, he's a little less free to really enter into this particular one, um, this particular relationship. Uh, so it strikes me that the attachment's kind of like that. You make space mm -hmm. so as to actually really appreciate mm -hmm. um, the things of this world and to have an uncluttered view, if you will, yeah. of um, the divine. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, um, I think it connects with this sense of uh, what might be described as mysticism. You know, uh, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said only the mystic can truly enjoy a beer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think that was Christopher West. Actually. Oh, okay, it's probably him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this this idea of transcendence, you know, it's 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 to it's to raise the gaze and and to look uh, at what these things are pointing to, you know, because they they are good things in my life and even relationship, you know, it's to raise the gaze and say, you know, this this thing on earth is not going to satisfy me. Why would I bother clinging to it? You know, in in this case. Um, but it, but it's an icon that points me towards heaven, uh, towards ultimate fulfillment and ultimate satisfaction in God. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, it could be described as like a freedom to be a mystic, <laughs> you could say. Uh, I don't really get into that in my paper, but, but that was something that was influencing my thought, was this idea of mysticism, uh, this idea of having a freedom to enjoy the things of this world, you know, to enjoy the things of life. Um, I also talk a little bit about freedom from tensions and conflict too. Mm, um, as, yeah. as you were talking about your analogy, um, a very practical experience came to my mind, which I think I shared with you in my, my first year as a student here. Um, uh, in the dining hall, we have uh, two different kinds of plates. <laughs> and I was very drawn towards a particular style of plate. <laughs> mm -hmm. And every time I would go to a meal, I would take this, this, uh, this plate and then I would get my food on it. Uh, and then I began to recognize that if that plate ran out and I was forced to use the other plate, I would feel this sense of disappointment and frustration and be like, mm -hmm. oh, dang it, somebody took the plates I wanted, you know? And then it was like a, such a simple thing, but I recognized it in my heart. I was like, wow, I do mm. not feel free in this area. Mm. Uh, it was that, actually causing more problems. It was causing more problems than, yeah. Uh, that was my Lenten sacrifice, was that I used the plate that I didn't like as much the entire Lent. Um, hmm. And that turned out to be like a super fruitful exercise that spilled over into so many other aspects of my life in doing that one small thing. Um, and to this day, if I go to the dining room uh, and I take the plate that I want, I take it in freedom because I'm like, oh, this is available. How, how happy I am, you know? <laughs> I can use the plate I want. And if it's not there, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't mind using this other plate now. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm free to use it or to not use it, uh, the plate that I want. Um, yeah, and I apply that to so many other aspects of my, my spiritual life as well, uh, this freedom. Um, 
Yeah, that was just the analogy that was coming to my mind of like a very practical aspect of freedom uh, from tension and conflict that happens in our lives and that can spill over into relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Well, the last two sections in that, uh, sorry, this final section, uh, freedom of choose and freedom of communion are the ones that are sticking out to me because mm -hmm. if you're not attached to something, you actually have a totally free choice with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, for example, the addict. Mm -hmm. um, is the addict really free yeah. if he's got a, an attachment to alcohol mm. or something like that? Yeah. Is he really truly free? freely enjoying it or is it actually something he's just there's an urgency there's a possessiveness mm -hmm. there's this pressure you know yeah. it's always in the back of his mind and so he's not really making his choices from a, an actual full choice mm -hmm. a full act of the will it's actually um he just has to do it yeah you know there's this um there's that question so detachment in that regard would certainly be um identifiable and um Freedom for communion. Mm. Um, so uh, communion being like uh, this communus, this coming together mm -hmm. um, of persons. Um, the word you've been using so far is, um, you know, need. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. if you're projecting needs onto someone else, um, things that you perceive that you're, you need for your sense of identity or something like that. Yeah. Um, this can get really tense, mm -hmm. can't it? Yeah, oh, it definitely can. Uh, I mean, even just that word tense, I, I spoke about that a little bit earlier in, in the research paper as well. Because um, we can uh, approach relationships with this, this idea of, of, of need and clinging, and I get my sense of identity in, in how you treat me, you know, and like I feel this need to be seen and loved. Uh, and those are like, those are some basic human needs that we have, uh, yeah. but it's how we choose uh, to satisfy them. Um, and oftentimes we're choosing to satisfy them in something that won't satisfy them. <laughs> and at most, at best, what it does is it numbs the ache. Um, but that's never going to be good enough, you know. Uh, and I think, I think the more we, we think about this and pray about it and realize it, uh, that becomes a deeper and deeper reality and truth in our lives. Um, <laughs> There's so much freedom in being able to look at somebody and say, like, you'll never satisfy me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I don't need to hold on to you. Um, and I can love you in that, and you can love me in that, you know? Um, and I can truly love you, you know, and, and have that, that, like, deep, even that deep sense of affection and attraction. We're not to be afraid of our attractions. We're not to be afraid of our desires. Um, it's just where do we point them, you know? Um, and so... Yeah, being able to raise the gaze, and again, this goes back to mysticism, uh, that freedom for communion is, uh, we have this ability to actually enter into authentic, true friendship with one another, and, and, and deep friendship, you know, and, and this authentic relationship, because it's not based out of a need uh, for the other person. I, I, it's not I take <laughs> for me, it's, it's I give for us, I guess you could say, uh, or... Um, you remind me of God, <laughs> I guess, mm. you know, or, or yeah. in, in some ways you are, I say this very carefully, you are God to me. <laughs> You're an icon of God to me. Mm -hmm. um, I see God in you. Um, and, and I know that uh, my fulfillment is in God. Mm -hmm. Maybe a way of thinking of it is, um, you know, when we're attached to somebody, we basically are saying, you completely fill my need. I need you completely. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and on one level, there might be something emotionally satisfying, like uh, in that statement, which is, oh, somebody needs me, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. then, but if you are suddenly uh, another person's God, or yeah. they're trying to reach total satisfaction in this relationship, this is a huge burden. Um, you know, I think all of us has had the experience of a clingy friend, yeah. you know, where they're like, if the, if you go away and hang out with anybody else, it's like, no, 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 you're supposed to satisfy me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be my friend. You can't be friends with anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing attachment does. Yeah. Um, it begins to be an inordinately exclusive love, mm -hmm. you know. Whereas maybe a healthy way of putting it is like, yes, I have a need for fellowship in my life. I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. And you are someone that feeds me mm -hmm. in that need. But I don't need you to be the only one. Mm -hmm. You know, I gain... Uh, sustenance from my Father in Heaven, mm -hmm. and um, I trust that He will He will bring me mm. to what I need, where I need to feed. You know, so you are free to be my friend or not be my friend. Mm -hmm. I place no obligations upon you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is something where there's no uh, there's no strings attached. There's mm -hmm. no oh, I need to be careful of this, that, and the other thing. This overburdening tension. Mm -hmm. So um, it's the strangest thing about love in that regard, where yeah. Love, in a way, has to say, I don't need you um, yeah. at a certain point, yeah. you know? Um, even as other moments, it actually has to recognize, you are f helping me, you know, mm -hmm. you are fulfilling a need. Yeah. Um, but not in that absolute sense, mm -hmm. you know? So the word you used is uh, to recognize the other person as an icon of the creator, mm -hmm. but not to treat them like an idol. Yeah. Because no one can really fulfill that position. Yeah. Um, it's a huge burden <laughs> and causes tensions and oh, man, yes. um, the, you know, your expectations go wild <laughs> and everything else. Mm -hmm. So I guess that kind of brings us to the end of considering your ISP. Mm. Um, so you kind of conclude, um, you wrap it all up and uh, kind of re-illustrate that detachment kind of leads to freedom. Yeah. Um, but I'm interested, are there any kind of concluding thoughts from yourself now, kind of even walking through this conversation on mm. your ISP and why you think it's really significant for the church today. Yeah. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a, a lot of thoughts going through my head. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's a continual process of deepening, too. Um, even in preparation for talking to you today, I, I read through my ISP, and I was like underlining my own words. I was like, oh my gosh, I needed to hear this, you know? <laughs> uh, and like putting notes in the margins and uh, I've been taking it to prayer a lot. Um, it's an ongoing process and uh, a deepening. Uh, and I think I talked about that in the ISP too. Um, not, to get, not to get bent out of shape because it is a gradual process and it does take a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's okay, you know, that's the journey that God takes us on. Uh, and also to be careful about not comparing it to other people too, because mm, yeah. uh, that can be really dangerous and you can actually become attached to your comparisons. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I would say uh, is that this, this idea and this concept and this, and this work of detachment uh, has been something that I've been trying to actively engage in, uh, and I fail a lot <laughs> in it. Uh, mm. And sometimes I don't, uh, but only by the grace of God. Um, but one thing I've noticed is that it's brought a lot of peace um, to my interior of life <laughs> in the past couple of years, and just a real deepening uh, of peace. Uh, 
um, ultimately, uh, I'm falling more in love with God uh, through it. Uh, and it, it has to do with that, that directing that gaze and, uh, and being more attached to God's will. Um, the process of detachment is a process of freedom. And as John Paul II would say, freedom is for love. <laughs> you mm. know? Uh, and that's what I'm discovering. This whole process is just a process of learning how to love better. You know? mm -hmm. um, I talk about poverty of spirit, but the other beatitude that is underlying this whole, uh, this whole ISP is purity of heart. Mm. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. And I don't ever explicitly say that, but that, that would kind of be a way of enveloping everything that I talk about is it's about, it's about working towards purity of heart so that we can, so that we can see God, so that we can be with God, um, and that we can love him more. Uh, and it's, it's kind of to this extent that we're able to let go, <laughs> that we're able to receive, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not this we're not just engaging in this Karthik practice of like emptying everything for the sake of being emptied. No, it's, it's for the sake of being filled. And actually, uh, thinking about that now too, there's, there's a quote um, that kind of summarizes everything that I've been talking about. And I think this too comes from Teresa of Avila. I'm pretty sure it does. I'm sure it does. <laughs> That's what footnotes are for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the quote. When the beloved sees his beloved empty of all else, he cannot long stay away. So much does God love us that when he finds us open and ready, he cannot refrain from filling us to the extent that we are emptied. Mm. That's beautiful because uh, God is all presence. Yeah. You know, so any place he sees this positive emptiness, <laughs> he can't yeah. help but fill it, you yeah. know, as a movement of love. That's beautiful. Well, uh, thank you very much, Christian, for joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, you're just welcome. to. Uh, Step into your ISP and uh, go through the, the interrogation. I mean, this interview. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can say for myself that um, while there's some things that are certainly familiar, there's a particular way you you expressed it that um, I think uh, shows your unique voice and your no unique insight. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to thank you for that. And yeah, you're welcome. I'm sure people listening to the podcast will find that uh, edifying as well. Mm -hmm. Also, I just want to say, too, uh, if anybody is listening and is interested in, in reading this, um, feel free to contact St. <laughs> Therese and we can get a copy for you. Um, it's part of the, for me, part of the process of, of creating an ISP and researching. It is, it is a very, like, personal and interior journey, you know, and, and I put a lot of heart into it. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> there's an element of being detached from it, too, and letting go. So, so if anybody wants, if anybody is curious and wants to look into it a little bit more, um, there's ways <laughs> that you can do that. So mm -hmm. just to let you know. Yeah, no, and we can certainly make that available. Mm -hmm. All right, well, thank you once again, and uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in for today. Um, uh, see you next time on A Little Wayward Podcast. Yeah. like, share, or subscribe on YouTube, and you can find Little Wayward Podcast on any major podcast platform.